each day is is different. You can wake up and have a plan of what you're going to do that day and walk outside and that can pretty much change in, in an instant. Yeah, it's definitely has its challenges, but I wouldn't change them. I, I, we love being outdoors and doing what we do, so I couldn't think of doing anything else now. This is The Crackling. I'm Anthony Huckstep. For many that grow up on the land, it's hard to let go of the deep connection to the great outdoors. After working as a builder and a personal trainer, Frank and Anne-Marie Vigilante found themselves heading to their south coast farm every weekend to escape the big smoke. Two days turned into three, then four, until finally they bit the bullet and made a tree change to become full-time farmers. The decision has resulted in a greater connection with their kids and their pork has got the attention of some of Australia's best chefs. Well, Frank and Anne-Marie, you've got a small family and a small farm. What's it like having a family on a farm, working together and growing pigs? Um, well, I kind of like it. It's all good having everybody together. And um, it does have its times when kids don't cooperate and uh, we have our arguments. But lucky the farm's big enough that we can all pick a corner, you know, and <laughs> get away from each other enough. One feeds pigs, one does water. So um, there's plenty of room here. Are there designated roles uh, in the structure of what you're doing or is it all everyone roll their sleeves up and just get into it? Uh, I guess we all kind of work together. Um in doing all the jobs, we kind of know an outline of what has to be done every day and um, we just work together. The kids are at an age where they can take off and they'll collect eggs for us or feed pigs and Frank and I will either fill up water and or someone will be moving pigs. So we, we try and coordinate it all so we still do work together as a team. Why did you become pig farmers? Can you tell us how it all began? Um, that one's a bit... Uh... Yeah, we don't actually know. We started off, we were, we were, we were living at my dad's farm and um, we, we bought 30 chickens at the time and we were going to start with that. And then one of the kids' dads at the school was, had a stud pig farm. So he had some pigs for sale. So we bought three, two gilts and one ball. And then obviously... They joined and then we ended up with 20 piglets and <laughs> two pigs and then we, we ended up uh, selling some of them because they were getting bigger. So we had a friend of ours was a butcher, so I took some to him and then he liked those and then he said, oh, do you have any more? So then we kept breeding and then it just all grew from there, I suppose. And marie what's it been like um, starting from that point and did you, uh, did you know how to... Um, grow pigs and farm pigs what what's that sort of first couple of years like uh well I guess it was it was definitely something new but it wasn't completely strange to us we um we both both our families had farms as we were growing up so my grandfather had a couple of pigs on his place so we kind of had a general understanding of how pigs were and what they what they were like but it's definitely something something new to learn every day when you're pig farming um and there was challenges. They don't always respect a fence and they flip their water troughs over all the time. So there's something something to look out for every day. But we're slowly getting the hang of it and um, 
learning something new continually. So you mentioned that you both grew up on farms. Was it were there things from your youth growing up on farms that you've taken into what you do now? Um, I guess so. I guess um, we both have an Italian background, so we um, you know, it was always salami making or making those kinds of small goods. And that was something that we really wanted to um, pursue in our farming here on the farm and, you know, making things the old-fashioned way and home style and knowing what was going into our into our food. So, yeah, that was something. Frank, you mentioned it sort of started with chickens and eggs uh, before you got into pigs. What were you doing before that? Was farming always on the cards or was there something before that? Uh, well, no. I was a builder in Sydney and um, Anne-Marie was a personal trainer and it was sort of, my dad always had the family farm. So from oh, the age of five, we were sort of down there every weekend and he ran a, a fine wool merino operation. And uh, so we used to go down there every weekend and look after the sheep. So it was, it was always something that we were doing. But um, definitely wasn't what I thought I was going to be doing because um, we had a good business in Sydney building. So I thought that's what I'd always be pursuing. But then sort of met Anne-Marie and then they had the farm and then we had the kids and we ended up going to the farm every weekend with the kids. And then that sort of turned from a weekend to probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we used to throw the Monday in there and then was getting to Thursdays and then I thought we can't keep doing this. So we decided to make the call and pursue the other venture. Having grown up uh, on farms and having that rich experience, what's it like farming these days to your memories of being being a kid? Is it What's some of the challenges involved? Oh, it's a lot more work than when I was a kid. <laughs> I think we used to just ride motorbikes and <laughs> do stuff like that, what my kids are doing now, I think. so. Um, but there's definitely the challenges of the weather and I never, like, being a builder, you're sort of worried about the weather, but it was not as much as this. So we sort of, we had the drought. When we bought the farm, we had one good year and then we went into drought. So, um, and then we had the bushfires at Christmas time last year, which was a big one. But, um, yeah, it's definitely has its challenges, but they're all they're all good. I think I wouldn't change them. I, I, we love being outdoors and doing what we do, so I couldn't think of doing anything else now. Drought affects so many different types of farming. What sort of impact does it have on growing pigs? Um, it's probably... <laughs> Not too bad. Like, because you are supplementing, they have their pasture, but you are supplementing with grains and and feed like that. So you can, you ride the drought out. The price of feed gets more expensive, which that has a big big effect. Um, and definitely the pasture's a lot drier. But we sort of, with our grazing management, we sort of destocked the farm from cattle a lot earlier and we knew we were only going to keep sort of chickens and pigs. So we sort of had plenty of land. We don't overstock, so we had plenty of land to go through the drought. Obviously, we didn't know it was going to last for as long as it did. 
but um, yeah, we sort of come out of it pretty good. Your pigs are very, very popular with award-winning chefs across the country. Can you take us to the farm and what it what's what an average day is like on the farm for you guys growing these pigs? Uh, so I guess each day is is different. You can wake up and have a plan of what you're going to do that day and walk outside and that can pretty much change in, in an instance when you look out and go, oh, hang on a sec, something's got to be done before I can do the next step. But um, generally we get up early in the morning, we milk our cows and um, then we head out to, to feed the pigs and water the pigs. Um, obviously we rotate our animals so we always have them on fresh pasture and fresh, fresh pick, so it's um, it's constant work out there. Um, and then we go out and collect eggs and process and pack eggs before feeding pigs again in the afternoon. And I guess one of the biggest things for us is just making sure that they are always on fresh pasture and they're always happy and comfortable in the environment they're in. You have biodynamic practices and a holistic management system on the farm. What does that mean? Can you take us through that? Um, yeah, well, biodynamic started probably even before we started farming because we always used to either eat that way like organic or biodynamic and then actually we went to a seminar at Maloon Creek which is near Bungendore and um, it was a biodynamic seminar and I sort of got involved in that a little bit and I liked the principles so we brought those across and then I didn't really get into the biodynamics until we went to the Demeter biodynamic and it was Alex Podlinski from Melbourne, Victoria and he, the way he spoke everything just made sense so we sort of after that we just brought those principles straight across because it was all about the soil and if the soil's healthy the plants are healthy the animals are healthy and it just all stems from there and um with the same with the grazing techniques of holistic management, like moving animals all the time to stop worm burdens and look after grass and not to overgraze. And it was sort of those systems and put in place and we've, we've actually managed to be chemical free, vet free on the farm. So by keeping the soil healthy, the animals are healthy, which you don't need medication or antibiotics or anything like that. What are the challenges involved in farming in that method and, and what is the impact on the eating quality of, of the pork at the end using those practices? Um, well, I think it's more stress-free for the animal. So the the meat has to be, well, you'd think it'd have to be better and I think it's proven in the pork sort of thing and being on the pasture and the diversity of what the animal's doing I'd say has to show up in the quality of the pork. Can you talk, tell us about uh, what sort of pigs you're growing there and, and the life cycle of a pig from birth to the back door of the kitchen? What, what sort of time do they spend on the property? What's their life like? Um, well, I guess our pigs are pretty relaxed. They're pretty easygoing. And, and luckily when people come out and see them, they say, wow, these pigs are so relaxed. And, and that's our method. That's That's how we raise our animals here on the farm. And, I guess the lifestyle of the pig is eat, sleep and repeat. Um, they're really relaxed. They're soaking up the sun. They've got mud baths that they cover themselves in mud when it's hot. 
Um, we usually run them more in the forested areas of our property, so they've constantly got shade. They've got access to um, to huts to keep them out of that weather. They're all insulated. And then um, I guess when we start with our furrowing and that kind of thing, we we run the we separate the sows. They run in with the boars, um, and then we separate the sows when we can see that they're ready to um, to have piglets, and we give them their own area with their own hut. Um, just to avoid other pigs coming into the huts and then you can have complications like squashing pigs and piglets and that kind of thing. So we give them their own area. They'll stay in there for probably the first eight weeks with their mother. After eight weeks, we move them across to another cell where they'll go in with a few sows and their piglets until 12 weeks of weaning. We wean our pigs at 12 weeks of age. Um, and the mothers will go back into the paddocks with the boars and the, the piglets will go off to be grown out for, depending on the restaurants, for small goods we grow them out quite large and then for um, there's certain restaurants that want them out for, you know, 60, 70 kilos. So we, we grow them out to working with our chefs and and what they want and, um yeah, just working out with the chefs, really. That's one of our key things, just working directly with the chefs. Is there any um, breeding techniques or feed changes that you've implemented over the years to get a certain sort of result with the pork or are you leaving that to nature? Are you looking for some, you know, it's a certain amount of fat in the, in the, in the pork or can you tell us a bit about that? Um, yeah, when we first started, we were sort of very heavy on the barley and that was giving us a lot of fat coverage and it was an oily fat and that wasn't good for small goods. And so we have worked with the small good producers and they've told us to different feed changes and everything. And then sort of that's one aspect. And then we changed, we had saddlebacks, um, pure saddlebacks to start with, and then we changed them and crossed with a Berkshire and that gave us a really good salami pig. And then we use our pure Berkshires for the fresh produce. So your pork chops and straight to the restaurants. I think they're a really nice eating pig. Anne-Marie, you mentioned that uh, the pigs like to play up a bit and um, run amok a bit sometimes on the property. Do you have any funny stories of, um, of the pigs playing up? Yeah, I guess um, we, we usually run electric strands when we've got our pigs. So um, you'll think that that fence is on and then you'll see that the piglets are on the other side of that fence and you'll think, oh, that's shorted out, that's not working. So you'll go and grab the fence and you'll sure enough get zapped. Somehow the pigs don't get <laughs> don't get any kind of electric current, but you seem to get zapped quite a few times. And one of our sons touches the fences and he just, I don't know why, he just does not get zapped. So I've had quite a few... Um, times out there where we we get um hit with the electric zap on that we've had a a good story where we went out for dinner one night and we we're not far from we're only about two kilometers from the mcdonald's up the road and um we were coming home and we're looking in the car park of mcdonald's and there's 10 little piglets running through the car park <laughs> and i said to Emory, i said I think they're our piglets, I said. So I wasn't wasn't sure if we should stop and get them or just keep driving because I wasn't sure how much trouble we were in. But uh, we managed to get them in. And um, that was a – it's been a comedy like that ever since, I think. (laughs) 
your pork is uh, in some amazing restaurants uh, at the moment, but do you remember who your first restaurant client was and how that happened? Yeah, we um, we used to supply, or we still do supply eggs out at um, Icebergs in um, Bondi. And at the time, Monty was, was running the... Um, the place down there and he was taking our eggs and I said to him look we've we've got fallen into pigs and we've got some pigs would you would you like to try some of our pigs and and he said yep yeah, bring it down sure so he he tried that and then he rang me and I think it was after a few hours he rang me and he said this stuff's amazing he said this is the best pork I've tried and um, he then he was the one that put us in for the delicious produce awards um, and that's how we went on to win the um, delicious awards and I guess from there we just had word of mouth and chefs just kept trying it and um, that's it just, yeah, it just grew. Chefs like Mike Eggert and Lennox Hasty, Ben Sinfield, they're all using your pork. What's what's the best dish you've eaten in a restaurant um, that's used your pork? Oh, I think at the moment because we don't, we're stuck on the farm most of the time, but uh, <laughs> I think one of the best ones is probably just the, I think he calls it a pork stecker from... Ben, and it's just a, a T-bone, and it, it, he cooks it so good. And, um, yeah, I think simple and easy, but it's nice. It's certainly not for one. It's a huge dish. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What do, you, what do you love about what you do and the interaction that you have with the, with the pigs on the farm? Oh, I guess just waking up and having your office at your back door so just being able to walk outside and, and work outside constantly is just it's lovely and the pigs they really are a nice animal we we kind of get a little bit of attached to our um, breeding pigs and they've all got their own personality and you know they're pretty placid the way they're raised they're very placid and the kids go out there and they sit with them like as if they're dogs and it's just um yeah it's just really beautiful just to work outside on the farm what you mentioned that you do get attached to them, does that make it difficult sometimes when you're growing them for human consumption and one day they're going to um, leave the farm? Um, I guess, yeah, it's always, I mean, you always get attached to your animals. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, we're we raising our pigs for um, our business and, and to produce pork. Um, the kids have always said to me, mum, you know, why do these pigs have to leave the farm? And, and I guess one of the answers I had was that, we're pretty lucky that our pigs do lead a happy life here on the farm and they see sunlight and they're not locked up. Um, so I guess that's reassuring for us. Um, and just knowing that the chefs, you know, we like to work with chefs that do use that head-to-tail approach in their cooking um, so we know that every piece of that animal is being used and it's being used in a really good way how they cook it. Do you, do you eat your own product and who's who's the cook in the house? I'd say Frank's the cook. I cook, but Frank's a pretty good cook. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'd say it's the other way around. But <laughs> is is there a family signature pork dish that you can run us run through for us? Oh, I think Emery just does it. A, a good pork shoulder, like a roasted pork shoulder, and then you just pull it apart and with a salad, and it's it's that's probably our favourite. I'd say. I'm not sure on the ingredients. That's Emery's department there, but. Can you take us through that recipe, Anne-Marie? Yeah, look, I just, um, it's really slow cooked. We just put it in the oven in the morning, leave it on until the evening and we um, put pepper, paprika, rub it with oil, put a bit of love in it and put it in the oven. Um, and it just, yeah, just pull it apart and 
and the kids seem to love it and slow cooked. I know we sort of mentioned a bit earlier about the sort of feeding uh, habits, but can you can you take us um, take us to the farm? What's it like in that region? What's so good about that area for growing pigs? Um, well, I suppose that, that we get a good amount of well, usually we get a good amount of rainfall here. Uh, this year's been really good, uh, so we're always got green pastures most of the time, which the pigs enjoy. And um, I think that the climate's not overly hot, which is good for the pigs in the summertime. Probably a little bit cold in the winter, but then they've got their huts, so they all seem to huddle together. So I think probably that adds flavour into the, into the meat as well. But um, probably the, I'd say that the coolest summers is better for us having them outside. Is, is there a food experience you've had uh, courtesy of growing pigs that you never thought you'd have? Uh, look, we've had some pretty amazing chefs come out to the farm and we've worked a lot with Pork Stars and Kylie from um, Pork Stars. We've worked with Straight to the Source as well, um, Lucy and Tanya there. So we've been really blessed to have so many chefs come out here and just be involved in what we do and and, and, you know, come out to the paddock and see the pigs and see how we raise them and then bring that into the kitchen and and cook. And, you know, they match wines to it. And it's just, yeah, I guess that's been a real, a real up for us, just having that experience where the chefs come out and enjoy the farm with us. Being a small company and with sort of mass-produced uh, food, in our food system in Australia, what's some of the challenges for you guys to to turn a profit with what you do and and re- remain pure to this specialised product that you have? Um, yeah, well, it is hard to compete with the bigger the bigger companies, but we're sort of offering a a completely different product where the 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 chef nearly knows the pig that you're giving them, sort of thing. So. It's a unique experience. They know where it's coming from. You, the sort of chef is selling the producer at the same time as the pig. Um, so I think we're a little bit more expensive in the way we farm, but then we think the quality's there and the chefs can see that. So um, sort of it's only a family-run farm, so we can keep the cost down <laughs> in that department. But... Um, uh, yeah, I think it, it seems to be working and uh, just being that little bit more unique in our product. You mentioned that you've had some pretty amazing chefs on the farm. What sort of impact do you think that's had on their perception of of what you do, having, having them on the farm? What's the conversations you've had with them after that sort of experience you've given them? Well, I guess one of the things they see when they come out here is that you know, there's a lot of work that goes into raising animals the way we raise them. Um, we're constantly moving fences. We're constantly moving animals. We're always filling up waters. That seems to be the most favourite thing to flip water troughs over and wallow in it. So I guess just having them out on the farm and, and them seeing what we do and how we do it, um, I think it, it creates that understanding with the chefs. And they, you know, they can see why we're a little bit more expensive 
um, with the way we raise them and being in free range there can always be losses um, with the sows not all the time but in the winter time they can roll over and squash piglets and we're slowly getting on top of that and and trying to keep that at a minimum but that there is always challenges with farming free range I guess the best food experiences always create such fond memories and you mentioned both of you have Italian heritage and you um, made charcuterie and all sorts of stuff um, as kids with family members. Can you take us back to growing up with your families? Do you have any um, stories you can share where food was at the centre of that? Oh, I think every experience the food was the centre of them. But um, oh, even the Sundays, weekends used to be all about the food and get-togethers and Every Sunday we used to make pasta from like fresh pasta and then you'd smell the sauce cooking and everything and we'd have our family traditions in June. We'd kill our pigs and um, everyone would get together. There'd be, you know, 15, 20 people and we'd all be cutting up and packing salami skins and salting and getting ready so it was sort of it was it was really good it would bring everybody together and it would always be over food and wine so it was um it was a very good experience Anne marie do you have any memories you can tell us about yeah i guess um same kind of thing you know always growing up around around food pasta was a a key thing of being having an italian background and um seeing salamis hanging in the in those winter months and just the, the stories that your grandparents would tell you on how they would do it and and we hope, you know, like we try and put that into what we do today and hopefully that our kids will share that same tradition and enjoyment out of what we do. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the droughts and the impact and the bushfires that we had earlier in the year and, and obviously we've um, had a pandemic during this time as well. What sort of, what sort of impact has sort of the last couple of years had on what you do and does it has it changed some of the things that you do moving forward as as farmers um i guess there was challenges in we got evacuated a couple of times during the bushfire so it was um it was a pretty f- stressful few months but um we moved our pigs and we tried to keep them as protected as we could um and and that was something that we just had to get over and with the pandemic you know a lot of the restaurants closed so we had to keep quite a few pigs on farm for a lot longer than what we would have wanted to um, but lucky enough those restaurants have seemed to be opening up and they're just taking bigger pigs um, so we've been lucky in that respect but um, yeah I guess you know that like I said there's always a challenge and there's we just try to figure it out as we go um, we, we usually sell most of our male pigs off as suckling pigs and due to the pandemic, we, we didn't have as many restaurants that were taking them. So we had to grow out a few males and, and that kind of thing. So that was something new for us. Um, but we got through it and we're continuing on. And lucky enough, the restaurants have reopened and we can start all that up again. So out of, um, just add to that, out of growing the, the boars out for longer, we ended up making a boar salami because we had all these pigs, we didn't know what to do. And that seems to be selling really good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How, Everyone seems to love it. So. What's the challenges in making a salami? Can you take us through that that process? Because you don't know until the end result, uh, until, until you get the chance to eat it. 
Yes. Well, see, we work with I work with two um, salami producers. So we've got Pino's Dolce Vita and De Palma Salumi, and they make all our small goods for us. And I went to Michael at Pino's and I said, we've got all these boards. Do you think we can make something good out of it? And he said, well, give it a go. So we ended up making a spicy boar salami and he sort of gave us some recipes and we were saying, yeah, that can work and this can work. And it, it ended up coming really good. So it's something we're going to stick with in the future. <laughs> so it's been pretty good. Do you see more sort of value-add products rather than just producing um, uh meat that will go to market do you see this sort of value add area more and more a part of the business moving forward yeah i really like the 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 charcuterie and making the small good side of things and i i think we've actually because of that pandemic a lot of stuff's gone into retail packaging so we're doing more cacciatories in the retail shops and everything and that it seems to be working well so We'll probably stay with with both with a probably a heavier focus on the charcuterie. You both uh, well gradually decided to make a tree change. It almost was forced upon you as more days were spent on the farm and less in the city. Um, what's what's something that bring, brings real joy to you with what you do? Oh, I guess just being able to work together has been really nice and, and having the kids involved in it, the kids... The kids absolutely love it. Like any like any kids, they have their moments. They don't always want to come out and move pigs and feed pigs, but they really enjoy it. And we've got, you know, our kids get out there, mum, the pigs are having piglets and they'll go outside with the torch and sit at the back of the huts until they've seen every pig being delivered and make sure that it all goes to plan. So I guess just having that family family time and, and just really working together. So it's, it's been really nice. Oh, I'm the same, yeah. I just love being outdoors and with the kids and motorbikes and we've been having a we've been having a great sort of five, six years down here. Well, it's warming up now and we're heading towards summer and we're all hoping we don't see bushfires again. What are you hoping for in the next year or two? What what will we see from Toluca Park? Um, well I think we'll we'll probably the pigs will be growing steadily. We'll put more pigs on because the demand's there and we'd like to be able to start processing on farm and um, if we could process and cut here on the farm, that way we know the whole supply chain of what we're doing. And then talking with Pinos and De Palma, they're talking about maybe if we can build a salumi room down here and get started into that way. So uh, hopefully, I don't know. Big plans, but we'll see if we can pull it off or not. Are there um, challenges involved in being able to have a have an abattoir on the property as well? Uh, yeah, I think very big challenges. <laughs> we're, um, <laughs> we're, I've heard of, they're doing some micro abattoirs in trailers and they've been approved. Um, there's one in Dubbo. I think Extraordinary Pork's doing that. Um so we've spoken to him and he's going to give us a hand through it sort of thing. So hopefully we can get there. I'm not sure what challenges we'll have with council, but we'll see them when they come, I suppose. Well, you're producing an extraordinary pork that a lot of chefs really love. Um, 
what do you guys think is the best way to enjoy the Toluca Park pork? Oh, with a nice glass of wine, I'd say that's probably the best way. <laughs> um, oh, anything that that if you get into Ben and Tanya's restaurant there in in the cannery, I was thinking nice uh, pork stecker there is um, probably the best with a glass of wine. It goes really good. Well, Frank and Anne-Marie, we've loved having you on The Crackling. Um, look forward to seeing what happens with the on-site abattoir and also the Salumi Room. That sounds incredible. Um, good luck with that. Please keep in touch and we'll talk again soon. Okay, thank you. Thanks very much. This is The Crackling, a Deep in the Weeds production in partnership with Porkstar. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we catch up with some of Australia's best chefs and pork producers to discover what makes Australian pork so special.